Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Triangles Meditation Group webinar. Today is November 21st, 2022. We are glad to have all of you joining us here today to take part in this very important service activity, Triangles. Before we get started, let us take a moment of recollection to link up with the group, to link up with our souls, and with the universal soul, the soul of our planet, the hierarchy. We know, O oh Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So again, welcome everyone. We're glad to have all of you joining us here today. The purpose of this webinar is twofold. We meet here, first of all, to introduce new members to the work of triangles and to aid them in the forming of triangles. And we also meet to create a platform for those who are already members of triangles to come together in support of the planetary network. If you are new or a long-term a longtime member of Triangles, either or. Um, we encourage you, if you are interested in forming a new triangle, to put your name in the chat box and hopefully two other members um, will also be interested and we can form some triangles on the webinar here today. Triangles, as many of us know, is a simple visualization technique which uses the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The way it works is three members, three people agree to form a triangle and to vivify that triangle each day. This is a triangle in consciousness and each person doesn't need to link up at the same time. These three people once a day link up, visualize their triangle, as a lighted spiritual radiance of light and place that triangle, that radiant triangle within the network of triangles. And then they sound the great invocation, which is a world prayer and visualize the release and circulation of spiritual energies throughout the entire planet and throughout the consciousness of humanity. More information about triangles and this technique can be found on our website at www.triangles.org. Uh, and we invite all of you to go there um, as you wish and to um, see all the great resources we have there. There is also a Triangles Bulletin published quarterly. Um, that is a way of staying in touch with the Triangles work um, if you're so interested. You can write to us at our email address, um, triangles.newyork at lucistrust.org. And uh, we can follow up and add you to that list if you're interested. So today we have a returning guest to the Triangles webinar, Emmanuel Sacafeo, who will be speaking on the theme of service and specifically how one's, one's, the potency of one's service can be increased through the practice and application of soul qualities. We're great to have Emmanuel returning today and he'll be speaking after the meditation. So before we proceed, let us just take a moment to join together in a short visualization technique, which will be followed by the sounding of the mantra on your screen.
Visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And now visualize within that sphere a triangle. This is the triangle of the three primary planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center. The spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart. And humanity, the planetary throat center. And now we visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around that triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. Now within that lighted triangle, we see superimposed a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, and radiating the energy of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five, the five planetary centers. And we visualize the energies radiating forth from the center of the star and out through the five points London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, and Tokyo. Now visualize these outpouring energies, enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relationships, restoring peace on earth. We sound together the mantra. Radiance, we are and power. We stand together. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need we reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. And thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Oh.
Thank you, everyone. It's a really beautiful visualization that we do every week to sort of start us out in our webinar. And given the topic of today's webinar about service and soul qualities, I was just struck by this final, this final instruction in the visualization to visualize these outpouring energies, those are the energies of, of love wisdom coming from the very center of the planetary heart. Visualize these energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity. And I think this really is the crux of so many times today, you know, so often people ask, you know, well, how can I, how can I serve? You know, maybe I'm doing community service, but perhaps I want to serve in a more subjective or more spiritual way, or I want to bring this, this soul quality in my service. And gathering together in small groups is, um, you know, it's one of the, one of the most important things we can do. Oftentimes people gather together you know, at just at the time of the full moon, even in groups of two or three in their local communities, or they gather together to do the the triangles work or perhaps the goodwill meditation. And, um, you know, just to keep in mind, this is a real, a real potent form of service that we can, we can contribute to. Um, so today I'd like to share just a few words on the topic of spiritual mediation before we move into our, our meditation today. As many of us are probably aware, the, today there are many divisions within the human family. And these are being thrown um, ever more clearly into stark relief. They're becoming clearer before our eyes. These divisions, though they have, of course, always existed, they're becoming more, more apparent. And this is perhaps due to the urgency we are experiencing today to move forward into a new era of cooperation, unity, and right relationship. And that these divisions, perhaps in our consciousness and in our yearning for these values, these divisions are taking on a greater urgency or their resolution is taking on greater urgency. Many today can see the vision of the spiritual ideal and of what could be if the, quote, better angels of humanity's nature won the day. And many also clearly see where humanity is and are able to maintain hope and employ the full power of the creative mind, planning the way from where we are to where we can and must arrive. Right vision and a creative attitude are key qualities for the sort of spiritual mediation so needed as humanity moves into the coming age. This mediation occurs in the realm of consciousness, ideals, and values, but addresses them as they permeate the worlds of human thinking, emotion, action, and relationship. It aims to align human living with the universal spiritual ideals safeguarded by wisdom traditions throughout the world. These values, of course, are expressed in a multitude of ways, but all fall within the scope of that greatest of universal values of all, love. Love that knows no barriers, recognizes all men as brothers, the love that shares and sacrifices for the good of others and the whole. When the fullest expression of love comes to govern human culture and civilization, it will produce right relationship at many levels within and among the diversity of the human family, of course, but also between humanity and the other kingdoms in nature with the various parts of the planetary life, and of course, also between God and man, who we must never forget was created in his image. 
the production of relationship, which is essentially you know mediation, producing a relationship. When we consider when we consider the production of relationship of any sort, we see that it always requires a third or mediating factor to bring it about. In the context of international relations, for example, this might be a common interest or a shared threat. In the business world, this um, third, this mediating factor might be the achievement of financial gain, certainly the foundation of many business relationships. And in every case, the quality of the mediating factor determines the quality of the relationship. And so with that in mind, what is perhaps most needed today are these mediating points of light working fully within the realm of human living and with all the qualities of the soul, thereby bringing those qualities into, the, into those relationships. These qualities are selflessness, sacrifice, detachment, dispassion, intellect, unerring compassion amongst others. The soul is the spiritual part of the human being. It is also the agent or the self, the fundamental I. It is the observer and the director of the outer life, and it works through the medium of the personality, which is its vehicle and its mechanism. The soul draws its strength from the kingdom of souls, in which it resides, and especially that great planetary center which we call, in the ageless wisdom tradition, the spiritual hierarchy, which is the soul or heart of our planetary life. The hierarchy is a reservoir of lighted energy that guides the evolution of consciousness within humanity. Members of hierarchy have triumphed over the purely human condition. They have triumphed over matter. They have achieved the goal of self-mastery, attuning their minds and hearts with the mind and heart of God, producing at one within their own natures and thereby freeing themselves to participate more fully in the greater life in which we all have our being. They work with the highest wisdom the most perfect compassion, and with the power to formulate and work out the divine plan. This plan emerges from the impelling power of evolution itself and is never imposed by coercion. It aims to safeguard individual freedoms, especially of thought, and to ensure that free will flourishes. In the 1930s, under hierarchical impulse, a great subjective mediating group was formed within the center humanity with the intention to link humanity with this spiritual hierarchy and to enable all the qualities and potencies held there to better permeate human consciousness and living. This group, as some of us have heard, is called the New Group of World Servers. It is composed of men and women in every country, of every nationality, of diverse ideologies, of many different political affiliation. And they are found today in every field of human enterprise without exception. The main requirement for membership in this group is meditation. However, this is not necessarily the occult or religious meditation that we may think of, but rather it is simply creative meditation or the ability to focus the mind upon that which can serve humanity in a compassionate response to human need. The ability to decentralize oneself from the world of the purely personal, the familial, 
of one's professional responsibilities is also essential for membership in this group. For it is required not only mental capacity to um, to create, to think creatively, um, but also to have an expanded vision, which sees all parts in relationship to the whole. This leads naturally and in time to an awareness of that inner group, which is the hierarchy itself, which becomes increasingly, and especially as one contacts their own soul, for the spiritual hierarchy could only be contacted via one's own soul. This in time becomes the source of one's inspiration and creative work as they align ever more closely with that group. And members of the new group of world servers are truly souls and incarnation. The soul knows itself to be one with all souls. It knows no separation, and it is group conscious in the fullest sense. The soul is therefore the archetypal mediator, for it relates spirit to its manifested form and divine purpose to its unfolding expression. And triangles is really the perfect opportunity to contribute to the work of the new group of world servers into this special task they have of mediation in a very spiritual sense. The planetary network itself is a mediator between humanity and those higher spiritual potencies and linking up with the network every day enables us to take part in this great planetary meditation, which is ceaseless and ever-increasing in its potency. So let us continue with our meditation. Focus ourselves as a group upon the mental plane at the center of the evened armed cross of discipleship. We link in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all those people throughout the world who are working with this triangles meditation group. And we affirm our alignment with the spiritual will and sound together the invocation. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. And using the creative imagination, we link up with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. We visualize this triangle in which you are now working as an essential part of the Radiant Worldwide Triangles Network. As we sustain and visualize this network, we hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, which is the heart of love underlying and infusing the network. 
We now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy, and also at the heart of each triangle. Now maintaining this alignment with the network, with the group soul, and with the heart of hierarchy, the world teacher, we continue to hold the group mind open and receptive to the inpouring energy of love. Precipitation. We visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangles network from point to point and flowing out through the network to the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. We sound together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events, and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love.
you visualize the whole planet alight with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. We sound together the great invocation. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everybody. I'd like to invite Emmanuel now to come on. Uh, let me just see. It seems he may have gotten disconnected. Emmanuel, I'm going to make you co-host, and then you can unmute yourself. Emmanuel, are you there? Yeah. Hi, we can hear you fine. You can hear me well? Yes, we can hear you. Thank you. All right. Go ahead, Emmanuel. Okay. The presentation is increasing service potency through the practice and application of soul qualities. The degree to which we qualify the threefold personality with the energies of the soul is the extent to which the form becomes a vehicle for the white magic of the soul and the carefulness with which we practice the spiritual techniques and apply the rules of discipleship with diligence, determine our power to serve increasingly as conscious workers within the new group of well service. Let's consider a few of these qualities, self-forgetfulness, harmlessness, and right speech. Self-forgetfulness. In self-forgetfulness, 
we skillfully forget our lower self and feel our mental, emotional, feeling, aspirational, and vital spaces with a persistent remembrance and focus as the soul. We allow ourselves to be consumed by the point of view of the soul. We condition ourselves to feel as the soul and think as the soul. We immediately aspire to be as if the soul in all circumstances. In fact, in self-forgetfulness, we do not simply forget the lower self, but rather we recall, remember, seek, call upon, invoke the higher self with such controlled fervency that only the absolutely necessary space is apportioned to the lower self, no more, no less. And the greater space is given to our aspiration. In this case, we should remember that aspiration is a fiery substance. And in aspiring, we are invoking and evoking this fiery element, this fire to burn away any recall, any memory, any attachment to the form. We are told that the energy of aspiration functions on the higher subplanes of the astral plane, and that this force of aspiration is inherent in all substance. It is the elevating, resurrecting, transcending potency in substance itself. And when evoked and invoked by the aspirant, the human unit, the disciple, has started something of a far-reaching consequence. Let's go to right speech. Let's consider right speech before considering harmlessness. There is a raging inferno concerning right speech in the world. The war of words is everywhere to be seen. Right speech is as simple as truth. And we have been instructed that the security of the world, of all peoples, lie in the enunciation of truth. Right speech carries no hidden agenda. It is simple even when describing difficult and abstruse things. Right speech employs no innuendos and insinuations. It is not veiled or equivocal. It carries no imputations, for it is motivated by goodwill. Right speech is the result of long experience. It is tried and found fitting and proper. Right speech is evidence of speaking from the better aspects of ourselves. Right speech is not afraid. It is a beneficent power. It is uplifting. Right speech carries no grudge hostility, nor bitterness. Right speech is the sound of a heart substance. Right speech can be spoken anywhere. It fears not. Right speech is inspired by the power of truth. It is self-sufficient and needs no allies, nor collusions. Right speech is constructive, even when indicating a wrong. It is corrective and leads to the next important step. Right speech heals, reassures, inspires, uplifts, clarifies even when challenging. It is purifying, antiseptic, cleansing, and irradiating. Right speech is always on the side of evolution, on the side of the good, the beautiful, and the true. Right speech is a carrier of light and love and power, a sound of the voice of God in us. Right speech is terribly needed in the world today. But is such a speech possible on this side of heaven at all? The answer is a resounding yes. For every now and then, we are met with a demonstration of this quality. 
Once heard, it leaves the listener stimulated to attain the same quality. Thus, it awakens the good in us. In other words, the custodians of right speech carry a vital power and precipitous crisis in us to become better. It will agitate your heart and mind into a struggle to attain the same. When right speech has to resort to a hint, it is not so as to hide, to distort, to obfuscate, or to confuse. But just that there are many times when the symbol in or of a hint captures the essence and engages the mind better. Here the hint means more than it says. And the situation or circumstance is of such a nature that there is no other way of depicting or stating an unusual wisdom or truth except through the hint. The Tibetan master employs this method to awaken us to revelations. When it is said that right speech is simple, it is not meant that it is simplistic. The idea being conveyed is more of the simplicity of the soul. In its transcendent form, it is the voice of God speaking expression in us. That voice which proclaims the sonship of divinity at the transfiguration of Jesus on a higher mountain in the New Testament, which was astonishingly enacted visually to Arjuna by Krishna in the 11th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Rice speech is one of the purest forms of sound in words. Concerning right and wrong speech, the Tibetan gives practical applications in Rule 14 in Treatise on White Magic, pages 573 onwards. There he says, think for a moment of the lessons which can be learned by the man who submits the energy used in verbal expression, for instance, to the scrutiny of the inner ruler, the soul, and who, after talking or after joining in the give and take of daily life, asks himself the question, what was the type of energy used by me in my speech today? What was the force that I expended in my contact with my fellow men and women? You ask me if I can illustrate this for you. Now let me attempt to do so, and so make simple what is deemed so often to be abstruse and difficult. And the Tibetan goes on further to say, let the student inquire of himself. And he elaborates and gives examples of speech conditioned by the grammars associated with the first, second, and third race. Time does not permit the full quotes here, but the pages are indicated for further careful and detailed reading and study. Now we come to harmlessness, that other signature of divinity, which perhaps is akin to what Shakespeare called mercy. Of this harmlessness, the Tibetans said, more amazing things. Perhaps it would be best to let him speak through his own words for himself. Harmlessness in thought. This will primarily result in the control of speech. Harmlessness in emotional reaction. This will result in being a channel for the love aspect of the soul. Harmlessness in act. This will produce poise, skill in action, and the release of the creative will. Treatise on White Magic, page 103. Harmful magnetic conditions as the result of men's wrong handling of force are the causes of evil in the world around us, including the three subhuman kingdoms. How can we as individuals change this? By the development in ourselves of harmlessness. Therefore, Steady yourself from this angle. Steady your daily conduct and words and thoughts so as to make them utterly harmless. Set yourself to think those thoughts about yourself and others which will, const which will be constructive and positive. And hence, 
harmless in their effects. Steady your emotional effects on others so that by no mood, no depression, no emotional reaction can you harm a fellow man. Remember in this connection, violent spiritual aspiration and enthusiasm misplaced or misdirected may quite easily harm a fellow man. So look not only at your wrong tendencies, but at the use of your virtues. He goes on further to say, if harmlessness is the keynote of your life, you will do more to produce right harmonious conditions in your personality than any amount of discipline along other lines. The drastic progression brought about by the attempt to be harmless will go far to eliminate wrong states of consciousness. Therefore, I say to you at this time, I, an older and perhaps more experienced disciple and worker in the great vineyard of the Lord, practice harmlessness with zest and understanding. For it is, if truly carried out, the destroyer of all limitation. These are amazing words. Harmfulness is based on selfishness and on an egocentric attitude. It is the demonstration of forces concentrated for self-enforcement, self-aggrandizement, and self-gratification. Harmlessness is the expression of the man who realizes himself to be everywhere, who lives consciously as a soul, whose nature is love, whose method is inclusiveness, and to whom all forms are alike in that they veil and hide the light and are but the externalization of the one infinite being. This realization, let me remind you, will demonstrate in a true comprehension of a brother's need, divorced from sentiments and expediency. It will lead to that silence of the tongue that grows out of non-reference to the separate self, it will produce that instantaneous response to true need. Harmlessness brings about in life caution in judgment, reticence in speech, ability to refrain from impulsive action and the demonstration of a non-critical spirit. So free passage can be given to the forces of true love and to those spiritual energies which seem to vitalize the personality leading consequently to right action. Let harmlessness therefore be the keynote of your life. I tell you that the achieving of harmlessness in a positive sense, not in a negative, means the attainment of that step which leads definitely to the portal of initiation. Again, these are amazing words. When first mentioned, it sounds of small moment, and to bring the whole subject of initiation into such small account that it becomes unimportant. But let him who so thinks practice that positive harmlessness, which works out in right thought because based on intelligent love, right speech because governed by self-control, and right action because founded on an understanding of the law, and he will find that the attempt will call forth all the resources of his being and take much time to achieve. It is not the harmlessness that comes from weakness and a sentimental loving disposition, which dislikes trouble because it upsets the settled harmony of life and leads to consequent discomfort. It is not the harmlessness of the little evolved negative impotent man or woman who has not the power to hurt because possessing so little equipment where with damage can be done. It is the harmlessness that springs from true understanding and control of the personality by the soul that leads inevitably to spiritual expression in everyday life. It emanates from a capacity to enter the consciousness and to penetrate into the realization of one's brother and when this has been accomplished, 
all is forgiven, all is lost sight of, and the desire to aid and to help. Thank you. Thank you, Emmanuel, very much. That was an excellent presentation. Um, uh, there are several people who actually requested the transcripts. I don't know if you have a transcript, if you could. Oops. I have the transcript. I was having difficulty just sending them to you, but I'll send it to you, Im you know, immediately when I, after this. Okay. Um, so if we'll be posting it on the Triangles blog in the coming weeks, if anybody would like to access it, it'll be up there on the, on the Triangles blog, triangles.org. You can access the blog on there. Um, Great. So we have still a few more minutes left um, before we end, and the floor is open if anybody has a comment or a question they'd like to post to Emmanuel. Um, please raise your hand. You can go to your reactions tab on your Zoom toolbar and click raise hand. Um, Emmanuel, I loved the statement you made that aspiration is a fiery substance found that was a very striking statement and that it's this fiery substance is, is, I don't know exactly how you said it, but basically it's inherent in every unit of life. Mm -hmm. Even the form aspires, mm -hmm. even the planetary deity itself aspires towards something greater than its own ring of existence. And yes. to me, that really, in one sense, you know, it's a very, it's a, you know, aspiration is a very real experience we all have. We aspire towards something, um, but how much that experience sort of unifies us with all other life, you know, all life is experiencing that in its own way. Um, but also one thought I had, if I may, is, um, you know, how difficult it is to work with that fire as well. And, and what I mean by that is, it's inherent in life and also inherent in, in the form. And so aspiration can easily become selfish ambition if we use that firing correctly. Very, um, very true, Michael. So the rest of your the rest of your talk highlighting, you know, right speech, harmlessness, you know, that's key. I think that's key. All those principles of however we can study these qualities of the soul, selflessness, harmlessness. We study them in so many different ways, you know, and I think it's all of them are so important because we need to permeate all our waking consciousness with these ideas. And it's, it's a lifelong task for sure. So thank you for, for your, for your work, Emmanuel. You're welcome. You're welcome. The, uh, in the practice of these qualities, the student is faced with many challenges. The, the suffering and the pain that follow our failure to measure up to the ideals, being present at wrong speech where it is not our place to make adjustments, and one realizes that on this path of service, we have to develop that aspect of love that St. Paul called long suffering. Mm -hmm. Because quite often, we don't live to see some of the dreams and the visions that we hope for, but our surety of the soul leads us on. And in difficult times, we can lift up our visions, our dreams, our eyes to the soul and know that eventually all will be well. Uh, Mr. Santana Star says, for me, right speech is also silence and listening. This is very, very important because the Tibetan talks of right silence and right speech. When we need to be silent and just become a channel 
but the loving energy of the soul. And it says that this is not easy to achieve. The times when we should speak and the time when the silence becomes the vehicle for healing, for bringing understanding, for bringing light. Very, very important. So the silent of a quiet mind and the silent voice that cultivates inner and outer listening and perception, right speech with melodious tone, creates physical beauty. That is indeed very, very true. Thank you. Thank you, Emmanuel. Yeah, with the right, with the right speech, I think it's really about treading the middle way, you know, which is not the way of apathy or of non-involvement. You know, it's sometimes you really do have to speak and sometimes you really do have to remain silent. And it's so difficult, you know, the whole process of making our way to that point of wisdom where you know what to say exactly and who to be in every situation. I mean, that's anybody that's had a challenging relationship of any sort knows how difficult that is to know, first of all, what to say, when to say it, but also when to not talk. Yes, indeed. Yes, Yes, indeed. Isabel Kong writes, thank you, Michael, for your emphasis on aspiration. It's a fiery substance. And mentioning that it is even our planetary logos quality. This has been the most uplifting meeting. Yes. Today, the need for right speech is so great. And uh, it looks like the world is awake and alert, identifying wrong speech and right speech. And it is great that this is happening. Because in that struggle to identify what is right, what is wrong, maybe the middle way, Michael, might become clearer to us. No leader today in the world can speak irresponsibly without an avalanche of reaction coming from the whole world. This is progress. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Emmanuel. You're welcome. A difficult, a, a very, a very timely, a very timely thing for consideration. Certainly, speech, which is, you know, so, so, so much in our news today, and so many different ideas. So many sort of, um, you know, many of them political, ideological camps on every side, and you know, just finding the middle way, I think, is the way of truth, the way of wisdom. It's what we all aspire to do. And humanity is just making its way as best it can. So thank you, Emmanuel. Um, I think we'll go ahead and and conclude now. Um, Thank you, everyone, for joining us here today. Thank you, Emmanuel, for another wonderful presentation. And I would like to make one announcement before we sign off. That is that the upcoming new moon meditation meeting of the New York office of the Lucis Trust, instead of being held this Wednesday at 6 p.m., will be held tomorrow, Tuesday at 6 p.m., and will be held only um, online. We'll have to cancel the in-person meeting due to the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday. So once again, the new moon meditation meeting of the Lucis Trust in New York will be held tomorrow, Tuesday at 6 p.m. Thank you all so much and um, have a blessed day. We'll see you all next week.